First, I asked the player, how are we doing, you and I, coach-player relationship? Player goes, we're doing great, we're doing awesome. I said, great. Tomorrow, I don't care if you're three feet or 30 feet, I want you to intentionally miss that first putt. Don't make that first putt. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and on today's episode, I talk with Boston University head women's coach, Bruce Chalice. Coach Chalice is a three-time conference coach of the year and has been coaching at BU for 12 years. He has led them to four conference titles and numerous individual player accomplishments. Coach Chalice has some awesome wisdom, so listen closely and pay attention. Just a note, I know that college coaches don't seem like the most relevant group of people to everyone that listens to this podcast. Sorry, mom and dad. But in my opinion, there is no group of men and women in the country more qualified to talk about the mental game and what it takes to be an emotionally stable and mentally strong golfer. Because they usually take on already highly skilled players, their role as mentors is to coach how to access that skill, how to manage time, how to react to bad situations, how to handle adversity, and prioritizing life over golf, among many other things. For more, head to joshnicholsgolf.com. All right, enough of this intro. Let's get into it. Thank you for calling. No problem. I appreciate the, the opportunity. Where are you based out of Raleigh? Yeah, I'm down in Raleigh, and uh, you're up in Boston. I live in Pinehurst. My home's in Pinehurst. Oh, no kidding. That's awesome. Yeah, I live in Pinehurst. I coach in Boston. I commute to do the job in season. Oh, okay. So just uh, just uh, for like August to October, you're up in up yeah, in Boston. Yeah, it's maybe you know it's about six weeks in the fall and six weeks in the spring. Okay. I'm probably up there five days, maybe six days a week, and then I'm home one or two days. Nice. I come home every day, but we travel so much. Yeah. Really, we're really never at Boston. We've got a heavy travel schedule. Right. So it's it's all tournament travel. It's it's yeah. rarely practicing up there. Very seldom. But we never hit a ball. Mm. As I like to say, we never hit a ball off of grass in Boston <laughs> after October 15th for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's it's all remote tournaments. Travel practice around spring break and a few training trips and all that. So that's interesting. I'm um, so how do you just to jump 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 right into it? How do you like um, cultivate like a learning or a, a coaching atmosphere if it's all tournaments? Is it is it um, like what's your philosophy on coaching if it's really just getting them to the tournaments and helping them you know get around? Just more than that, I mean, uh, just a, a little bit on, on the preview. We play uh, we play 11 tournaments a year. We fly nine times. Mm. Big tournament schedule, practice rounds. Uh, spring break is a long 12-week trip and three-week trip and training trip in February. But, mm. I mean, we do, we do practice in Boston in the fall. Right. We have an, we have an indoor facility, mm. uh, which we opened up uh, three years ago. We got about 600 square feet, so we've got... Oh, nice. uh, Full spring simulator, 37 courses. We can set up different practice uh, 
practice routines. We just purchased a track man. Mm. So between the simulator and the track man and two other uh, training aids that we have, we actually putty green doors. We actually get a lot done. Mm. And I mean, well, we do. We are up. But I'm spending time with them, of course. But mm. coming to our program, yours. Oh, right now we're shooting 302, so we're shooting 75, 76 is mm-hmm. what we're shooting mm-hmm. on a- on average. Mm-hmm. And I look for that to go down next semester. We're adding a player, and next fall we're getting better players, but the players are coming in technically sound, mm-hmm. good, good fundamentals, good yeah. grip, good, good, grip, good right. posture, good balance, good on the top, good playing. I mean, they're, they're solid players. Yeah. And it's a question of them being able to keep their technique. Mm. I do help them, of course, but mm. keeping their te- technique during the season, whether it's indoors, outdoors, or in the home months on, on winter break, you might say. Right. So, yeah, that's that's the thing with college golf is that by that time, the players that are you know, not technically great have been weeded out. And so you're, you've got the, you know, it's the cream of the crop by that point. Um, as far as technical and mechanical good play. So I'm, I guess I'm just, I wonder like, um, what a college coach, cause I, I had, you know, I had my experience with my college coach, but that's it. And, you know, What's cool? so I went to Appalachian state, uh, graduated in 13, but, um, so I had experience with him, but other than that, I don't, I don't know how other coaches really do it as far as like, um, how involved they are, how much coaching, like, I, and you know, I'm biased towards the mental game, like how much mental game coaching, how much, um, that kind of stuff that coaches do with their players. So you particularly, I'm just wondering what kind of stuff you do with, um, with that kind of coaching. A lot, a lot, um, just on the finish up on the technical side. Yeah. Um, as I said, the players are coming in with strong technique. The technical things that I might work on are that, that can easily get off track of your alignment. Yeah. Always looking at alignment. Hmm. Ball position. We travel so much that it's easy to have, when you're in new environments, your, your visual, your lines can change. So alignment is something always looking at, always working at. Ball position. I mean, it's never grip. It's never swing playing. There's not enough time to do that. And if there was, probably got the wrong player. Mm. But uh, aside from making sure ball position and uh, and uh, alignment is uh, is in good shape, mental skills is definitely the area that I spend most of the time with. Mental skills, um, <clears throat> mental skills that also brings into playing competitively, playing on tournaments coming up, getting ready for the tournaments coming up, getting yourself ready to play tournaments coming up. That's all in the area of mental skills, what you think of yourself, a lot of it's off the golf course. I'm actually, I'm actually working on a, it's actually turning out to be a fairly large written presentation, but in recent years, the last especially, uh, I don't have the right title for it, but you get better by not practicing. Now, not to be misled by that, of course you have to practice. You have to keep up your technical skills and your, your, your finely tuned skills, but you don't get better, especially when you're playing lousy or feeling lousy. You don't get better by pounding more balls, reinforcing mm-hmm. the bad or reinforcing the negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get 
the basketball player doesn't get better by a hundred free throws of a hockey player, a hundred shots in the point. Hmm. We're having a lot of success. Um, let's sit down. Let's go to Starbucks. Yeah. What's going? What's going on? Yeah. And much of much of the time, the connection in life, your golf game, your personal life, your school, your social, whatever, it um, all those connections, and it's it's not all. Um, I don't want to say meeting up on the same track, but it's not all uh, running smooth or running parallel. It, it comes in your golf game for sure. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, that's a, we're having a lot of success by hitting less balls and talking more. If I can, uh, maybe a bit of a crude sense, uh, 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 say, say it that way. The way that which a player thinks of themselves hmm. in a competitive environment before they jump out of the car is hmm. important, is critical. It's critical. Yeah, and that's, like like you're saying, players come in and they're technically sound. They've got good grip. They've, you know, they're good players. So it's, it's, not, it's not as important to fix their physical game. It's more important to, like, get them mentally ready to access their good physical game. Um, that's, that's, yeah. Surprisingly, I'm sorry, sorry, no, no, no. no. Surprisingly, surprisingly, even your best players and, and, and somewhat experienced players coming into the college game, it's a lot different. You practice way less in college than you do in the summertime when you've got the whole day in front of you. Mm. Uh, you're practicing, you're playing all day, you're practicing and traveling and playing a lot in the summertime. In college, you got school, you got the homework, you got research, you papers, you got presentations, you got social life, you got practice, you got travel. Practice time is so condensed. Um, anxiety of qualifying rounds. Uh, you've got so much less practice time that you've got to be extremely efficient with your time. And it's easy to get off the track. You can be swayed by others, others that may not have your same interest or amount of practice time that you want to put into it or where you want to go with it. It's lonely at the top. I like to say you're striving to get to the top. It's lonely up there. There aren't many, as many people that want to do it. So you can get off the track by others around you and really not even not even know it. It's easy to get down on yourself if uh, maybe things uh, things don't, uh, don't quite go your way. I'll give you a quick example. I won't name the player, but if not too long ago, a player's got it. Um, player's got a two over path, two rounds, playing pretty well. And um, said to me, "Can you give me a putting lesson? I think I can do all of this tournament." Anyway, the short story was, I told the putter, I knew the player, knew what the player was doing. I said to the player, "Tomorrow, when you play, when you it was putting, when you putt, I don't care if you're three feet, I don't care if you're thirty feet." First, I asked the player, "How are we doing, you and I?" Coach player relationship. Player goes, We're doing great, we're doing awesome. I said, Great. Tomorrow, I don't care if you're three feet or thirty feet, I want you to intentionally miss that first putt. Don't make that first putt. Of course the player looks at me like, Am I doing okay? You know? I said, No, I'm doing fine. Just you miss that putt tomorrow, the first putt, you're gonna be fine. Next wow. morning at breakfast the player tells me I didn't sleep last night, Bruce. Trying to win a tournament, I'm trying to get help from you, and you're telling me you didn't miss every first putt. I looked at the player in the eye and I said, Exactly right. Please do it. Every first putt, don't make it. And I walked away, and that was a funny, funny scene, of course. 
four hours later, player comes off the green. I yelled out, talk to me. She says, hey, funny day, she said. I just did 17 greens. I had no three putts. I made no bogeys. I made four bridges and shot four under 67. Uh. It, wins by, it wins by one. What the player was doing was, and didn't see it, we talk a lot about managing your game, tee to green especially. We don't talk much about managing your game on the putting green. Managing yourself in the greens, that's a not much talked about area. Hmm. And that's an area in college you could easily make an impact on. I mean, you can use track line books, you can do aim point, those are helpful for sure. The player knowing to manage the ball on the greens, they don't have as much training in that area. This player didn't realize, but she had seven three putts the first two rounds at 144. So I figured, who cares if you don't make the first putt? You're not making it anyway. <laughs> She was running and gunning six, eight feet by the hole and missing and coming back. Mm. Putting that kind of pressure on yourself. So I think if you just uh, eliminate three putts, you're going to shoot a good score. Right, right. And, uh, and, and that's what happened. It's funny, the player says to me, boy, I struggled the first seven holes. I did what the said. I tried to miss them. <laughs> I got all two putts, but a funny thing happened after that. I said, what was that? The player said, ball started falling in the hole. Mm. So it gets to be a bit of, uh, again, Managing yourself on the greens, and hmm. there's a few things, drills uh, that you can do for that. But just the awareness to be on the green and putting, and realize that two putt pars are pretty good. Hmm. Strings of pars are pretty good. You put a birdie in there, it's pretty good. You make a few three putt bogeys, a couple, two or three of those. I mean, you got to make, you got to make quite a few birdies just to get back to even. Hmm. And uh, you know, sometimes player might not realize that or have that experience in that area. So. A funny story, and it worked out great. But I love the story. That's a that's very interesting because you it's kind of a reverse psychology, of course, a little bit, but also like you you recognize the strength of the player, and that's her ball striking. But and the weakness is she's going for putts. She's trying to make birdies instead of letting the birdies come to her, and so you're. You kind of flipped the script on it and said, okay, rely on your strength. I know you're going to hit a lot of greens. Just, like, intentionally miss. That's that's very interesting. I, uh, so, a different player. When you've got a player with a green-hitting machine, 14, right. 15 greens are out. Right. And the expectation is, well, I should be making a lot of birdies. Right. Focus is not on, gee, I'm doing well hitting greens. And pars are good. Pars mm. are very good. Mm. And, uh. But to jump to, oh, I'm not making any birdies, I stink, I'm not good, mm. trying harder, trying harder. The focus then becomes on the stroke, and then you really get off track because you're not, your, your objective is not to stroke it the way you want, your objective is to put the ball in the hole. Mm. Mm-hmm. Many times when you ask a player, maybe struggling and putting a little bit, you're working on four or five footers and when you get in that four or five foot range, what do you what do you want to do? I'll ask the player. The player will te- will go through this long dissertation mm-hmm. on what they want to do when they're focused, what they want to do in their stroke, their their hit, their pace. It's all good. That's all okay. But I'm I'm always interested in that player who, who never once says from four feet, "I want to put the ball in the hole." Mm-hmm. And you can give the player some drills. Uh, Shut your eyes. Uh, let's and she puts the ball in the hole. And I'll say to the player. In this uh, six inches right or six inches left, they'll still put the ball in the hole. <laughs> what, they, well, what they forget is their own athletic skill. Their own athletic skill 
yeah. which they have. They've yeah. got a lot of athletic skill. Your your own instincts. Yeah, I was about to say and, instincts. Uh, you know, yeah. Kids come out to, you know, you said that make you a little too robotic with all of the, you know, flight scope and, and track band, all that stuff is good. Mm. But uh, range finders, uh, common thing I'll do. I do fairly frequently during the year, depending upon how it goes with the players. But I mean, the girls know that I'm not afraid on the first tee of a tournament to take your range finder away. Take your yardage book away and take your pin sheet away. Wow. I had a girl not too long ago say, You're taking all my tools away. <laughs> I, I said, No, I'm giving you your tool. You forgot your best wow. tool. I'm and she was not excited with me. Wow. Shot, shot 144 and won the tournament. Then. Yeah. By five. Wow. And uh, so sometimes we forget our best, um, you know, the 15th club, they'll tell it. The 15th club is your best. Mm. Is your best. We forget about Harvey Pennant, the little red book, little green book. Those are books that, as freshmen, I give the freshmen five reading books, six reading books that come in during the summer before they start school. Mm. Little red book, little green book, your mm. 15th club. They should have Tiger Woods' uh, How I Play Golf. Yeah. And I tell them, don't, don't read the book. Mm. Do not read it. Look at the visual picture. The pictures are great. Mm. The books you can kind of get. Uh, yeah. Uh, too technical, but I mean, those are the reads you need. You need Ben Hogan's Five Fundamentals of the Modern Swing mm. in your in your reference uh, reference uh, library for school. But uh, quite frequently, we forget how to uh, play. I still, I mean, I know it's an age deal. I know there's an age difference with the players and myself. But <laughs> when you're when you're thirty and you're forty and you're fifty yards away, I don't know what range find. I don't know why that. But I'm okay. I can accept that. Mm. I want to be attuned and and all that. But uh, those are field shots. Mm. Those are field shots. I have the players many times uh, when we play. Hit eight irons and then hit a seven iron the same distance as an eight iron. Hmm. Hit a six the same as a seven. Hit a five the same as a six. Hmm. That means you're going to choke down a little bit, maybe a little three-quarter swing. You hold on a little bit. But you might need that shot. Wins against you. A little uphill. A little both. Hmm. You know, you just don't. I can't quite get there with the eight. You want to take a seven. Slide hmm. it down. Hit it like an eight iron. So... Techniques to learn. Rambling on you a little bit. Yeah, no, so I'll, I'll let you talk. No, it's okay. You, it sounds more like you're you're in the business of changing perspectives and and uh, like bringing out instincts and athleticism and natural ability rather than like uh, coach man. I I keep hitting a fate like a a twenty yard slice. Like, what do I do? You're you're less interested in that and more interested in okay, how can I get you back to thinking the right way? Yeah, obviously if you're hitting a twenty yard slice, a shot that's really hurting you and side spending it and losing yardage and not right. getting given a cut. Obviously we, we want we will address that, but what's the least likely to happen? Let's right. say you're hitting a, let's say you're hitting a, a big cut or a big draw in the tournament. You know what you do? Aim it left, aim it right, and play that cut. We'll sit later on the range. You got to play with what you got. Yeah. Sam Snead, you got to dance with your bur- who you who you brunt. You yeah. got to play with what you got. You got to learn that. A common thing for the girls when they come to school, especially if they come from warm weather, is oh my god, I don't hit, I don't I'm not hitting balls every day in the winter. I'm going to lose my game, mm. and that does take a little bit of uh, it does take time. We can talk about it, but they really have to go through that experience. They really don't lose your game. Right. You know, you could, you're working out indoors, you're working out in the gym, you're taking time away from golf, you're doing things to work on your game, but 
you don't lose your fundamentals just because you're not mm. pounding, mm-hmm. pounding balls. Uh, that's, mm. That has been a challenge over the years, although it's becoming less of a challenge without, I mean, right now, this spring, without it, we've got eight players in the spring from eight different countries. So wow. we're a highly international team. No kidding. Uh, and moving forward, will be that way, too. Mm. So that, that kind of a player is a travel player that probably has had experience in taking some time off from the game and yeah. at least likely to be worried about the effects of not playing in January, February. That's good. That's uh, you've you your team already has a built-in perspective, um, but just to like shift gears a little to like uh, so in my email to you, I said I I work with several junior players, and I'm not I'm not like so who are you recruiting or what are you looking to recruit? I I'm more interested in like what a junior player like what mental uh, skills they need to develop in order to to be prepared for that level. Uh, so many junior players think that they send you uh, the scores. They, they think that's what's attractive. And Well, obviously, the reason why you're talking is because they're good players. Mm. Uh, they're the good scores. That's only 25% of it. The other 25, next 25% is uh, they've got to be strong academic students, strong familiars, uh, you know, I, I got to feel confident that you're on the honor roll every semester, every semester for the four years, and that you like and you could do academics. Our travel schedule is so challenging. We travel and we're away so much. Mm. You've got to be a top, you've got to be a top student. Mm. So those are the two: golf and academics. Those are the two things that I, I'm looking at. But again, that's only total fifty percent. The other fifty percent is who are you? Mm. And who are you means. Can you make a decision on your own? Uh, can you make decisions on your own? Life decisions on your own. Can you manage your own time? Can you be committed to school? Committed to golf? You know, when you got to eat, when you got to sleep, are you doing this because you want to do it, not because other people are making you do it? You, know, you have to like and do the lifestyle. You shoot a lousy score, get a lousy grade, maybe a little tight. Well, you're here because you wanted to be here, not because somebody talked you into it. And I certainly don't talk people in it. I just tell stories and tell them what we have at school. But it's the maturity of that person and being able to make decisions and run their own life. By far, that's the number one thing that I look for. By far. Mm. It's way ahead of the golf game. Yeah. Because, because life skills transfer to the golf course. They make you a better player. They, plus, yeah, adversity. Adversity. If you're a player that's had uh, uh, adversity in your life or in your family, and you've been able to manage that and overcome that, keep your zest and zeal and interest in golf at school and and, and who you are. Well, let's uh, let's talk. Hmm. Let's talk about that. I've got a few players in the team which have had incredible life adversity. Those players are top students. Those players, you never have to remind them or ask them to go practice. They, they just they do it. They, they get it done. And that's a wonderful teammate and a person to have on the team. The influence of them is uh, it can be powerful. Mm. That's good. Uh, that's that's really good. That's that's great advice to to any junior player and to any player that's already on a team. Um, and you, you sound like you're 
you're in the top. I mean, maybe every college coach thinks the way you do, um, but you sound like really like you've got the the wisdom piece figured out. <laughs> I don't know about that. Everyone's different. Every coach is different. There's uh, yeah, you know, a whole lot of ways people run programs and all that. But uh, I mean, what I'm really doing, I think, what I'm really doing is, uh, yeah, of course, you want to win tournaments, individual teams. Yeah, of course, we went to the NCAA's last year. We want to go again this year. We had a good, I like that positioning and all that, but. What we're really doing is um, coaching women. Tell the women, if um, not tell, but mention to them that uh, you being female, you get a real good education, top shelf education, and you're a good player, no golf. You can take all those and combine them. The networking opportunities for you in business are endless. You can really uh, open the doors, break the glass, as they say. Hmm. And uh, using golf and your good education, female, all of that, you can uh, really give yourself a tremendous opportunity in the business world. Most of our girls end up in the business world. Hmm. And uh, and golf is a big door opener. Golf's a big piece of that. Yeah. You know, I tell them, you know, <laughs> sit at the head table. Don't sit at the back of the room. Hmm. Sit in front. Front hmm. row, head table. Keep your hand in the air. <laughs> no one's, if no one's acknowledging you, keep your hand in the air. And that's really what we do. Yeah. we got great stories. we got great, great success stories mm. of in school and after school. A parade of success stories. And that's really what we're doing. Yeah, and that's, I, I won't keep you much longer, but that, just the, the persistence uh, through obstacles, whether, you know, like female in the business world or a golfer in the golf world, it's all the same theme, same principles. You know, keep going. Keep your hand in the air. Don't don't give up. Uh, that's good. I like that. There's adversity every day, and like we say a lot, where we expect adversity every day, every tournament, every round. It's cold. The wind's against me. The ground's soft. I got a bad kick. I got a blister. My pairing's terrible. I mean, there's constant adversity, and it's okay to know that and recognize that. But you got to just do something about it, so it doesn't affect your performance sometimes it does of course it does but you've got to be able to handle adversity that's right that's right so uh so i looked um and you guys are you guys done with your season now or we finished about three weeks ago we finished uh uh, end of october we had a good good fall season yeah and we we just started again mid-february and uh, decided for the spring great great well uh we got a nice schedule but Michigan stayed on our schedule last fall. We got Wake Forest this spring, so nice. we're excited. So you're coming uh, down to North Carolina for Wake Forest? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, as I said, my home's in Pinehurst. Right. But yeah, I'll be in Greensboro for Wake Forest. We're, nice. we're actually, uh, we take a trip to Pinehurst training trip okay. um, mid-February. We're in uh, Wilmington for a tournament, hmm. and then we're in Greensboro for Wake Forest. So we're down here a fair amount. Nice. Cool, cool. So, uh yeah, uh, best of luck, and uh, I won't keep you any longer, but um, thank you for talking, and uh, this is some good stuff, and I'd, I'll probably, uh, I don't know how long it'll take me to get get out, get out a podcast, but I'll definitely let you know when it's out. I appreciate that. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank and you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a link, by the way. I've got a, uh, I do a golf camp, girls-only okay. golf camp in the summertime. Yeah. Um, 
two golf camps beginning of July, end of July. I'm going to send you a link as mission statement and all that. But the for girls only, mm. eight girls at a camp. And it's not a, it's a different uh, type of camp in that uh, we combine what I, I do it myself. I combine your academics, your golf ability, and kind of help guide you through the college process. It's mm. having a lot of fun, a lot of success with it. Maybe of interest to you, for mm. players that you have, it could help you. We could talk more about that. Obviously, I'm self-serving by mention too, but mm. but it's something, it's something that might be beneficial that could help you. Right. So it's it's for junior girls preparing to go to college. Is that what you, is that what it is? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. And the range skill is probably players that are shooting seventy three to eighty five. Mm-hmm. But the common denominator of all the girls is they're all very uh, high academic girls and trying to find a home. Right. To play some golf. Right. And there's a lot of opportunities out there. Nice. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you, Coach. Thank you so much. Thanks for contacting me, and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Absolutely. Safe travels. Yep. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. If you liked it, I'd love it if you subscribed. And if you want some more, you can go to joshnicholsgolf.com or I would love to get in touch with you. Just send me a text, 336-399-1825. All right, catch you next time.